And welcome back to Two Guys and One Lightsaber. I'm your host, Mike Pandoff. And I'm Ron Burgess. And we have our special third guest and our first time guest. I am Amy Nicole of Acronym, and I'm apparently the first female that's ever being on this podcast. So I yes. feel the honor right up in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking before the show, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you're the first female on a show that's called Two Guys and One Lightsaber. Okay, there's plenty of jokes there. I hope we have fun with it as it continues. <laughs> Uh, Amy, oh, <laughs> it's it's great to have you on. Um, whenever we've crossed paths on Nerd Radio, your husband show, uh, we always had fun. I will never forget the time he walked out of the room and you and me continued to talk for ten minutes straight on Night Soul Republic, and it was yeah. all recorded. And Chuck came back in. He's like, "Oh, you guys are still talking? Oh, cool! Thanks for the content." <laughs> so I'm very it. happy to have you on here. Any anytime I can nerd out with anybody, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> Yeah, that's why, like, when we started the show again with Ron, I'm like, Ron, you know, we had that one podcast before this, but you know what? This is something we can stick to even if another pandemic happens or something like that happens because it'll be great just bullshit for an hour a week, just talk about nerd stuff, whatever comes across, Star Wars, all that good stuff. So I'm very happy to have you. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> So real quick before we get into, by the way, uh, end of the show will always be Peacemaker and Book of Boba Fett series finale, maybe, question mark. Spoilers all ahead, <laughs> so we will let you guys know when that happens so you can stop the show if you haven't seen any of that yet and come back to us later. If you have seen it, awesome, stick around. Um, By the way, real quick, Ron, uh, remember a couple weeks ago I talked about the Pam and Tommy Lee show, right? Yes, I've all I've heard is good things. I have to start it. Dude, me and my girlfriend, she go, Amy, uh, my girlfriend Kelly, she goes to bed around 9 o'clock, 9.30 every night. She stayed up till almost midnight binge watching <laughs> the first three episodes of Pam and Tommy. And I find it fascinating. I'm excited to watch the next one after this show. Amy, uh, have you had a chance to watch Pam and Tommy? I've only seen the trailer. I do want to watch it. I haven't gotten around to it. I have this bad um this bad thing that I do where I don't watch anything new unless it's like something I'm super obsessed with. So like obviously Book of Boba Fett or Peacemaker. But beyond that, right. it's like I end up binging most things. So I'll probably when I watch it, I'll just binge it. Yeah, I think that will be interesting because uh, I feel like uh, I'm not going to reveal your age, but I feel like the three of us, we know the story. It's the behind the scene things is what intrigues me. I know what happened with Pam and Tommy Lee. I know all that stuff. But the behind the scenes stuff. And I didn't know it was a disgruntled contractor that stole the sex tape. I find all that kind of stuff. And Seth Rogen, granted, he's not as cool as his friend James Franco. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you're joking. <laughs> I, already, I like already had yeah. a cringe moment. I was like, well, cool. he, well, the thing was, is that Franco was supposed to play uh, Tommy Lee beforehand oh. when the show first got greenlit. And so then they brought in Sebastian Stant, who... He's he's amazing too. So he okay. looks enough the part too. So I Amy, feel like James Franco doesn't look the part. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amy, it's not that he sounds like him. The way he says "yo" and just talks <laughs> massive shit. And oh, it's great. <laughs> um. So okay, I just want to talk about that because we we talked about it yet. And uh, I and with Amy beyond shows, I I didn't ask you if you saw it. I just maybe assumed. But oh well. Uh, our first news story <laughs> uh, I just want to talk about real quick is that Daredevil, Defenders, Jessica Jones. Punisher, that whole Netflix verse, it's going away on March 1st. Uh, this is from Screen Rant, and I've seen it on other websites. Now, if you watch the shows on Netflix, any of the Marvel Defenders TV shows, it says leaving March 1st. So this is very interesting. Um, a lot of this stuff is rights, and it seems like Marvel is doing the thing where they're bringing everything back. 
and with Daredevil being uh, a future show in, I wonder if I'm hoping we get at least Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and uh, John Barathel back as TV shows, possibly, or in movies. Uh, does, is, does this news shock you guys, or are you guys not shocked that this is getting removed from Netflix? I mean, I'm shocked in the mindset because they said that because of Spider-Man, which hopefully people have seen Spider-Man at this point, but um, because Ron of Spider-Man, <laughs> um, the Daredevil numbers have gone up. And so right. I'm surprised that Netflix is pulling that trigger already on that because they're it put it back into the like the top ten trending for them and the the streaming numbers went insanely up. So it's it's surprising to me. I almost wonder like because I saw it pop up on some of those like Pop Crave and stuff. I'm like, is that really real? But if it says it on Netflix, I guess it's happening. But um, I think from what I heard before, they weren't going to do any more Luke Cage, and I hope that changes. They said that Michael Coulter didn't want to do it anymore. So I'm hoping oh, that they he do. didn't want to. I guess yeah, I not. Heard Marvel didn't want him. Oh, okay. So maybe that maybe I got that confused, but something got messed up there to where they said they weren't going to do any more Luke Cage. Nobody's really clamoring for Iron Fist, even though the end of the second season was really good. The um, whole second season was phenomenal. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh my god, give me a third season right now. I need to know what happens. Exactly. And then they were like, oh yeah, well we're not doing it anymore. I'm like, uh. So we'll see well, how that goes. I heard that. Yeah. Well, I heard that guy was such a prick. Um, I guess he really didn't take the choreography serious. What, and Finn th- Jones? And, um, yeah, Finn Jones. The only reason I want Iron Fist to come back is for his... Um, oh, what was the girl's name? Because she was she just played... Yeah, Bugs Jessica Henwick. In The Matrix. Colleen yeah. Wing. I yeah, want her to come back show. into the MCU. I, yeah, Misty I Knight think, just honestly, got her cybernetic in, arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. So there was a lot of impactful characters and it really fits the demographic of what they like to do diversify those three independent characters right then and there like you bring them back and it's great um but the thing is though you mix them with shang chi that's why i would want the iron fist to come back because i think him and shang chi just the characters alone it would be a great little fun thing and build back to street level crime which i i want the mcu to kind of go back to with certain characters i like and then I'm sorry, but once we saw a god in the sky, it, all this shit really doesn't matter, okay? This guy could literally eat our planet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Matters. Like, tie uh, it all in yeah. together, and it would be phenomenal because now that they've pulled what they've pulled in, it, it's kind of like everybody's clamoring to see if they're going to add these things into the MCU proper, and I feel like they should because all of those shows were really popular. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, you don't want... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Continue, around. <laughs> Oh, I was gonna well, say, I, I, God damn it! <laughs> okay, I wanted to say this real quick because I don't want them to do what Disney did uh, when they initially bought Star Wars, where they canceled Clone Wars and wiped the slate clean. I think they should kind of do that, but to a certain degree, pick what worked out from the Netflix verse. You got Punisher, and you have all these side characters, and then you have Daredevil, all these side characters that people like. And guess what? Most people have watched it that liked Marvel, or if not, will catch up on it in Disney Plus. And you can just have fun with it. And you already have a fan base connected to these characters. So I don't get why recasting what makes it so devastating, like for them to not do that. That's the only thing I never understood. It's already confirmed. Well, we already had Kingpin in Hawkeye. We had Daredevil in uh, Spider-Man. Feige already said if Punisher comes back, it's John Bernthal. Like that's that's a fact. So he's going to he and he wants to do it. 
Okay. So yeah, that's the he, big indicator is he also yeah. really wants that role back and he's amazing at that role. Like I hated him in The Walking Dead, but that's, you know, attributing to his acting. His acting is top tier. It is. I was team Shane. So <laughs> I've always loved this man. That was like the first TV series because I was a senior when season two was going on in high school. The debates in the gym locker room of the guys being like, Dude, Rick's being stupid. I'm like, no, Shane's right. Shane's right. Just like that. <laughs> that was the first show. So, yeah. Um, but real quick. Um, so, if there's anything else, I kind of want to get into this because this one, this next story, I think we can have fun talking about for a couple minutes here. If you guys want to move on. Well, quick thing. Shang-Chi is actually a part of the Defenders quite often in comics. Yeah. So, it would be the perfect place to introduce a newly cast Iron Fist. God, Amy, I mean, did you that, like Yeah, uh, that would be cool. No, that's excellent points. Amy, did you like Shang-Chi? I, I love like Shang-Chi. It, I thought it was yeah. really well done. Um, I, I love the story behind it, and I love just the the way that they played it out because it's it kind of has, even though it's not geared toward like the same audience that you'd get for Luke Cage, it still has that hip-hop element to it, and I think it kind of encompasses like the the Americanized version of Asian culture mixed with the traditional side of Asian culture. So if they brought that that group of the defenders in, you already have um you've got Daredevil and Spider-Man wanting to team up because both of those actors have now said that they want that to be a thing. They want Spider-Man and Daredevil together and then if you have the defenders already there and you have at the end of Shang-Chi showing uh hulk and wong and everybody pulling them into the avenger side of things i mean anything can happen god damn that was such a good answer so happy (laughs) uh, on the show that was way better than anything i said since this podcast has came back so thank you amy for that bravo one more thing uh marvel they pretty much confirmed a thunderbolts thing is happening and luke cage is a mainstay in thunderbolts comics so they could reintroduce Luke Cage as possibly Power Man in an upcoming Thunderbolts like movie or show. I guess so it all depends on all how the... many zeros are on the check, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know Disney writes blank checks. There's no problem with that. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know about that right now, man. Uh, Disney's their whole head of office, um, the guy who's taken over for Bob Iger. Oh, God. Uh, that guy's such an idiot. I don't want to talk about that, though. Um, <laughs> So I want to get talking Kathleen Kennedy. It is no, no, no. No, This this is the guy. So you know who Bob Iger was, right? He was the CEO, and yeah, all that stuff. So the guy who's replaced him has just been screwing up constantly. He took away creatives control. He was part of that Scarlett Johansson where you want to take the call. Oh, jeez, all that kind of stuff. So that's a podcast on so but i want to get into this next story real quick um so with the ending of boba fett it's kind of intriguing now uh the ahsoka series is i don't think it's began filming yet they're still doing casting because they just casted uh ray stevenson uh many of you might know him from dexter or even uh well he was the punisher and punisher Warzone, which is a very underrated punisher movie i love that a lot uh he's been in a bunch of stuff very great character actor and he was also in MCU's uh, Thor films. He was one of the background characters that got killed off in the third one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was such a waste. <laughs> oh, no. But the coolest thing, though, is that he actually voiced it, um, one of the guys from Death Watch and was actually second in command to Maul in uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, Ron, uh, what was that? I'm trying, I got the character's name pulled up here. but It wasn't Vizsla, was it? 
I no, it wasn't Vizsla. Um, no, he's the one Sabine kills. Oh, uh, Gar yeah. Saxon. Gar Saxon. Okay, yep. sorry. So, <laughs> cool thing is though, he's not playing him because he got killed in Rebels, or uh, yeah, he's been killed. So yep. the thing is, is though, he's not playing Thrawn, but he's playing some Admiral, and according to Screen Rant, it's highly looking like it could be uh, Hux's father, who had a big part of forming the First Order. So, I love this casting. I don't know about you guys, but Ray Stevenson is one of my favorite actors uh, when it comes to small roles. I will say this. I, we just gushed over John Barenthal, but Ray Stevenson is the best looking Punisher I've ever seen. And honestly, if he can, if he would have played Punisher in Daredevil, I would have been okay with it. Amy, we'll go with you first since you're the guest. Ron, you can hold on. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Ron can go because I, I don't know much about the guy, to be honest with you. I didn't ever oh, really? watch the I never watched the movies for Punisher. Literally, the okay. only frame of reference I have for Punisher is what I watched from John Burton Paul. Um, okay. I know there's certain like pieces of comic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, like I know there's certain pieces of comic stuff because I was kind of curious after the fact what it was like in the comics. And Chuck had said like it's more like a different war. It's a completely different time frame. So you're not probably going to be as jazzed about it as you were the show. So I just didn't end up going that direction. Yeah, his uh, his Punisher movie was uh, quite, uh, hmm, how can I say, violent. <laughs> he literally punches <laughs> a man's skull in. <laughs> Like one yeah. punch, like he, it's, it's very violent, but, uh, okay. Uh, he's a good actor. He's, he just does these like weird roles, but he's also, he has fun with it, but he doesn't take it too serious. He, he's a good looking man too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and he's got that accent. That accent's fucking, oh, Ron. Okay. Your turn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so actually I think my favorite character of his, he played Blackbeard in, uh, a pirate show. Uh, oh, sales? show called, Yeah. Black Sails. He played Blackbeard in the last season. How it was, was that really show? Really good. Oh, I love that show. Fantastic show. Isn't the lead like a former Bond villain too? I don't know if he's a former Bond villain, but he's in the new Lost in Space on Netflix. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, that's where I get him. All right. And then the guy who plays uh, the half ape character in uh, what's it called in uh, Gerard Way's thing. Uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, that guy. Oh, okay. He's uh, one of the main characters in the show, too. He does a really good job. Oh, cool. So are you excited, though? If he plays Hux's father, do you think this goes with my theory that Filoni is doing what he did with... Or they're trying to do what they did with Clone Wars by making us like the prequels more? Or do you think by doing this with the sequels? I I sure as hell hope so, because they have a lot to make up for. (laughs) Right, because we've seen stuff, right? Um, People, we've seen the what looks like Snoke early phasing of cloning. And if he's Hux's dad, that would be cool. Because maybe um, General Hux was a terrible character. But I want to see what his dad is. Maybe his dad just sucked at his job. You know what I mean? Like he just like he's good at his job, but he sucked at being a dad. So probably I think that's what I'm wondering if maybe Hux is part of Hux's problem in general. And like I say, I only know so much about Hux, but maybe Hux's problem is he's trying to live up to his dad's legacy and he's a sniveling little brat. Right. (laughs) The way he killed himself in Colin Trevorrow's original script with Mace Windu's lightsaber is a scene I wish I would have seen because he just Harry carries himself like, ah, nope, I'm going to lose. Screw it. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So like in the and there's a whole adaptation on YouTube where some guy made a comic out of Colin Trevorrow's original episode nine movie. And it's so much better and so much cooler, obviously. <laughs> but there's a scene where Hux Anything is a, would have been. 
Yeah, Hux <laughs> is on Coruscant, and he does some kind of order to betray the First Order or help their alliance, and he takes a lightsaber, and it's Mace Windu's, the, like in Palpatine's old office or something, it looks like. He takes the lightsaber and just turns it on into his own chest and kills himself. Would have been a far better end for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I said. Like, he was a leader that lost, so he does what all they do. They kill themselves, but oh well. But... <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, starting now, Peacemaker, episode eight. Um, spoilers, starting right now. So if you haven't seen it, this is where you want to pause, come back after you see it. And I'm excited to talk about this show because I'm excited to hear Amy's point of view on the show as a whole so far going through it. That's another reason I wanted you on the on the show because I like your perspective on things a lot. So what have you thought of Peacemaker from episode one through eight and John Cena's acting? Dude, I love it. I feel like John Cena brought his A-game for all of this stuff. Um, Perfect casting. And it had a full-on redemption arc for Peacemaker because you you start off with him being in the hospital after he kills Flag, And he's having some PTSD about killing Rick Flag, But also you can kind of see his behavior changed after that happened and him getting shot. And when they show him like his family upbringing and all the other stuff, that goes into who Peacemaker is, every episode pulls back another layer up into the point to show you like who he really is versus just the glimpse that you got in Suicide Squad. So I definitely love that part about it. I love the, I feel like James Gunn is the best at team building. Yeah, we were talking about that. Oh my God. Like this team is great. And it's, you know, it's the same formula that you kind of have with, guardians of the galaxy where everybody kind of can't stand each other for the most part and they're all arguing but as time goes on they find their way to make it work and i think it's pretty awesome like the joke that mern has about the apple dumpling gang that's exactly what's going on here like they're idiots and but they still triumph at the end and i thought that was like one of the best lines just because even though it's like a throwaway line it really indicates how these people behave with each other well, he makes them, unlike Vin Diesel, he makes them feel like family. We're yes. family. <laughs> um, because even when I was like looking at his thing, when I messaged you that, it's like Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah, they were all a bunch of people from different points of view that did not get along. And I'm sorry, by the end of that movie, they're a family. They're a team. Like, it, And that was all James Gunn writing and Slither, same thing. Unlikely heroes that don't get along, they always work out. Yeah, no, and it's he's got a so good at their thing. Well, it's just the dialogue, the back and forth in this show is crazy to me. Um, the thing I love about it the most is just I feel like he is exercising his demons from almost getting canceled on Twitter that was a couple years ago. Because there's some rants where I'm like, oh, I feel like he's saying something there. Like, when, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when Peacemaker goes off on certain things, I'm like, I feel like Gunn wrote that because he's like, nah, I need to get this off my chest. I like can- the little uh pop culture things like i don't some of them are john cena but some of them are definitely james gunn i really think the whole scene about louis ck was oh my god him getting something off of his chest (laughs) yes the the reference to louis ck i'm like only james gunn can do it (laughs) and nobody can be mad at john cena for it either because it's it's legit you know Well, one of my favorite podcasts I've listened to, it's called The Big Thing. Um, They had, uh, what's his face, Vigilante on for 17 minutes to do a review of episode eight. And Vigilante was great in it. He said there was a scene um, when uh, rattling off the names. And he was like, yeah, James, we did one cut. And then James Gunn said, 
John, keep going. So that was John Cena. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he cuts promos. Yeah, like, he was so good at it. Like, if you don't know the background of John Cena, here's a little tidbit for you on the wrestling side. Every time they went to a different city, and this was before John Cena really became John Cena, every time they went to a different city, he came up with a new rap that day to do. And he would get out there and he'd say a new rap. He'd tie in all of these things that he would see, what was going on in that city, what the city was about, the sports and everything. And it was a lot better than somebody just walking out and be like oh yeah and you know what the detroit lions suck and like yeah, yeah you're gonna get the booze and everything but like he literally gave his a game once stephanie mcmahon gave him the go-ahead to cut promos that way as a yeah. rapper and so this is him he's always been good at improvising so then you throw him into a situation like that and they were just like hey run it say as many names as you can and so i love those little <laughs> vignettes at the end of each episode where they use an extra scene because that's the scene they ran with and he ran through through about 50 names like it was insane <laughs> well and ron i i want your opinion on this um we were talking last week ron i said that john cena might be a better actor than the rock and i think this episode kind of shows it because he is acting so frantically in his mood swings throughout this with his emotions i was like what the fuck mike you're you're gonna love <laughs> you're gonna love this at the end of this episode i wanted to do a standing ovation to john cena i'm like bravo dude like you just took your acting up to a 10 man like that was so perfect well yeah and especially after he learned piano. oh hey by the way i learned mandarin and also james james here uh, i've taught myself <laughs> piano would you like me to play a rendition of motley cruz he was originally gonna do pixies where's my mind but that didn't fit the character so they switched it to motley crew and i'm like oh, he just... said he saw him in a hotel or something doing that like he sat down at a piano in the hotel and him and James Gunn were together or something. Yeah. And he saw him playing something else on the piano. And he was like, no, this is amazing. I need to recreate this somehow. And so that's how that scene happened. But I was sitting there going like, this motherfucker, if he didn't know how to play piano, he is dedicated enough to where he would learn how to play piano <laughs> just so he could have this moment. <laughs> so um, let's just talk about the big thing that happened. Uh, the death of Mern and all of this tragic um, <laughs> that scene was so heartbreaking I'm like that's a little digital insect and it has more emotion than half the actors in hollywood nowadays <laughs> right him with like, his little I, like insect paw touching harcourt's finger i was just it, like oh you want to know how i'm so fucked in the head too i'm like i'm picturing what he's saying like he's maybe saying something so heartfelt or something that's so precious to him <laughs> too because, you know, yeah. he might be just screaming, but if he's talking, I'm like, oh, no, buddy, you know, they don't understand you. Well, I kind of <laughs> wondered, too, if maybe it was exactly how it played out later on where you have um, uh, Abadiah. She says um, it's time for Harcourt to lead the team. I feel like that was also Mern's thing was Mern was looking at her as this butterfly going, it's your pro it's it's your team now. You need to do yeah. what's best. You know what to do. You know what's right. You bend my right hand. Go for it. Like, that's how I took it, even though it was sad, too. Like, it kind of was just like him passing the torch that's actually really good i didn't think about that i didn't think about that at all <laughs> i read into things too deeply i <laughs> know hey, art is subjective okay some people look way too deeply into a painting of a campbell soup can i don't know okay it's shit like that it's art it's all subjective there's no right banana or wrong. tape to a wall 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> represents the down of the economy as the banana right. Uh, see, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so as we continue on with the show, yeah, and the cool thing I liked about this, though, is how everybody just knew immediately it was Abadire who diary. It was like no mystery. It was like, how, where, where did this diary come from? He's just like, fuck her. It was her. Hardcore calls her out. Mern calls her out on it. I, I'm glad that like these characters aren't dumb. Like oh, they figured it out, just like how they all knew Mern was already a butterfly, except for uh, Peacemaker and Vigilante. I thought it was good, though. I was like, "This is interesting to me." Like, I'm glad these characters are so witty, so smart. It was really I cool. Like, and it moved the story. I like yeah. Adebayo's whole story. It, like the background of her is so interesting because she's having to play both sides, and she knows like her mom is not the greatest person in the world. But like, I feel like her whole background is just so interesting, and like to watch her kind of have this anguish of like he's not a bad guy, and I just did this thing to him. You see, like I don't know who her father could be, or if there was a father, but she definitely got that from that side of the family, not her <laughs> cold, heartless <laughs> yeah, no. bitch mother. You yeah, know, I, sure. it would not surprise me in the slightest if we find out Amanda Waller is a fucking butterfly. It would not surprise well, me. I had this theory, the whole, I had one theory about this is that this was like an experiment from them to like, instead of putting bombs in their necks, just control them to get all the memories. Who knows what the life cycle thing is on these stuff? They could live thousands of years. Who knows? Like we're set. Like we yeah. don't need to bomb them. They're obedient. So that's why I think Judo Master might have one too. Or, I really think so. Well, there was a crazy thing I saw on YouTube where they said, you notice how he blocked his whole, obviously, his suit. There's no way you can get into his suit. His mask is only exposed at his mouth, but he's constantly eating Cheetos. So they were like, what if the Cheetos keeps them out of their mouths because there's the chemical in it? That, like, <laughs> I mean, it so could be because I was sitting there going, why is this guy eating flaming hot Cheetos all the time? <laughs> the high but, fructose like, corn syrup, it just doesn't agree with butterflies. But that's <laughs> the flip side is that like they're not able to eat the food. Like they yeah, said right. something about him not being able to eat the food, so I think that clears Judo Master for not True. being. Oh no, I think he wants. No, I think he wants to work for them, but he doesn't. Yeah. He's covering his ass. He's like, oh, I'm working for you guys, but I ain't trusting you. <laughs> so I'm gonna make sure I have this full suit. And oh yeah, you guys don't like flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> oh no, that was like a cool theory I thought of. Um, so this kind of pushes on to the like the main thing of this episode: the butterflies. We'll talk about that ending because that was just James Gunn gloriness. But uh, after Mirren died, they're kind of not really part of the story. It's the battle between father and son. And damn. Yeah, Nazi Iron Man. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the fact Nazi. that, like, he's the only, once again, James Gunn is the only wit person that can get away with having someone wear white hoods on TV. <laughs> Like, nobody is having it. Like, I have not seen one person going like, oh, my God, why are they doing this? And it's not like he's glorifying white supremacy because everything that's happening is like going against that. But just the fact that they got away with that imagery blew my mind. almost. <laughs> it's what Mike said. He's like, he's got some uh, he's got some grievances to uh, get Absolutely. Off his chest. He's like, I'm going to do everything that's literally tiptoeing the line of what's actually allowed <laughs> that man that plays his dad is known for playing very good villains like he, uh, he, every shit. character he plays pretty much is a villain well, and it's amazing he is arguably top 10 iconic villain of all time is the t-1000 from terminator 2 Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um the other thing i liked him a lot in was uh did you ever see the faculty guys no, no. oh okay so it's pretty much 
body snatchers, but in high school in 1998, so everyone's grungy. You got a young <laughs> Josh Hartnett, but he's got his hair up in a cool way, but he sells drugs. It's actually a really good movie. <laughs> um, he plays a coach in that, and he's an asshole football coach. Like, he's, you motherfucker, get the fucking ball, throws the guy into the ground. I'm like, okay, he's scary when he talks, too. But <laughs> these two have actually been in a movie together, Amy. I don't know if you know this, but The Marine john cena's first movie oh i did not know that yeah that was uh yeah robert patrick's his name yeah it's it's a tale actually you should go no, and do you, that you were right mike it's a terrible movie <laughs> no, i did not watch right any of the marine movies whatsoever <laughs> okay. but my, my, my one buddy bought me like the marine five or something with the miz in it just to be oh, an God. asshole and i'm like i'm yeah. not watching that there's no way <laughs> No, it'd be interesting. I kind of want to rewatch it now because I want to see how, because that's 16 years ago, how much of a difference it's been. Because I well, can John tell. Cena's <laughs> acting is probably so different than. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, his best early films, like uh, 12 Rounds, it's pretty much Die Hard with Littlefinger in New Orleans. So it's <laughs> actually kind of fun. But he, you know, his name is John Titan or John Steele, something like that. <laughs> New Orleans detective. <laughs> and then this one movie I saw, I think it's called Legendary, but he's like this uh, distant brother who his little brother wants to get into wrestling. And he's really good in that. Like, it's not Oscar worthy, but you can see he's tapping into his emotions. And then he went back to doing dumb movies. He was that one Nickelodeon kid's imaginary dad. <laughs> Too. I know there uh, was he was in I think it was Trainwreck or something with Amy yes, that's when he, I never no. saw it but I know that everybody loved him in it well it's kind of like he, he did the rock thing like the rock in his careers he did the opposite of the rock when rock signed his Disney career like for the like the two fairy and all that stuff yeah that kind of almost killed his career so when John Cena started doing the improv comedy roles and Amy Schumer raunchy stuff He's been that's what killed it. Like, and also he was pretty much a pop culture figure for everyone after the memes of you can't see him. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's what really made his acting because he got to work with all these he got to work with Bill Hader. Like that probably helped him a lot. And Bill Hader SNL background. Yeah. So I think this kind of all those tiny roles has led to this. So let's focus on the battle real quick. What did you guys think of this whole action sequence? Vigilante killed it. Uh, i love vigilante so much even though he's like the most ridiculous character i love him he he cannot let it go that uh, john cena's character chris smith is making bonds with other people he just will not let the feud with economos go i love (laughs) the fact that he takes his phone in the episode prior and then he goes how do you know my password i know my own birthday (laughs) i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, the economist feud, like the thing about the chainsaw from the previous episodes and yeah. stuff like that. Like he just can't. He's like, this is my best friend. I waited for him to get out of jail for four <laughs> years. And all I want is to hang out with my best friend and kill people. And that's not even who he wants to be anymore. And he was right. stressing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he took a he straight up took a bomb to the chest and like he's willing to do anything for Peacemaker. That that so confused me because I'm like, wait, did he like roll it down? But he just was a dumbass and mistimed it. Like he didn't roll it fast enough. I think he was just too close, honestly. Like he was at close range, and I think 
the only thing that I think saves him in that situation is the fact that those two were blowing each other up in the woods, like in the first or second episode. So he's used to being blown up. I just think he was way too <laughs> close. And when he rolled it, he was like, like six feet away from his dad. So the, the yeah. they call him the white dragon. Yep. So <laughs> they, he blew with all those people, they blew him away. All those other people got killed by economos, which is hilarious to me too. <laughs> like you have economos shooting up a bunch of white supremacists, like it's nothing. And then he's like, Oh my God, I have to crawl into this car. <laughs> <laughs> he's afraid of the Eagle out of all things. I'm just like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, when dad took down the eagle, I was like, yeah. ah, this is, yep, this is, yeah. you pissed him off now. <laughs> you I kept saying, you cannot kill this eagle. Please do not kill this eagle. <laughs> like, that, just don't go there. <laughs> right. Well, the thing that made this so impactful was knowing that, okay, we know he killed his brother, but how? Was it an accident? And yeah, getting to see that. That yeah. pissed me off so much, like, thinking about, it, I'm like, you sick fuck. And then... The thing is, though, is Wallace so smart by making the diary be like all biblical, bit, like have the Bible phrases and that stuff in there. And you see him doing it there, saying the devil music is what made this happen. And then <laughs> mm-hmm. him quoting, you know, Bible verses as he's crushing his only son's chest. I'm like, yeah, they got him nailed to rights. And he, this is why he's so messed up. He's not a bad guy. It's just like it makes up for why he's so stupid and out of control. It's like he doesn't want to. It's really clear accept- to anything sorry no i was gonna say he he doesn't want to accept how bad his life has been so that's why he's always being over the top well they straight up showed it in the beginning of the episode when he's looking in the mirror like he's at this point of like where he's cracking already right at the top of the show and when they showed that they showed like more of a background of what had happened so by the time that it was like he really had to sit and think about it so by the time the dad is trying to kill him he's like no this is on you you're the one that was trying to dogfight your two sons i didn't kill him you did yeah I, and I'm going to sound maybe a little weird here, but honestly, <laughs> I wanted the dad to suffer more. Yeah. <laughs> a shot to the head. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm like, dude, stop pulling. The, I want him to like pull the armor off of him slowly and just keep like, he's going to kick his ass. So it's just like he pulls off armor, kidney shot. Kidney, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Dude, I, I think Vigilante know. was like the one that like he really wanted to kill him in prison I, in those episodes in the back and I feel like they should have had more Vigilante kicking his ass at first but they right. he goes hey there's separation in his armor when they see he sees the armor yes. for the first time so he knew what to do and disabled his like gauntlets or something which I thought was amazing Amy it's such a pleasure I have to say again uh having you on the show because you literally just <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth that's that shows what there's oh, okay now this is book of Boba Fett can wait <laughs> <sighs> hold it in but this is what good script writing is and a director who got the right directors of television to do his script when he can't do it and this show has just showed James Gunn knows how to do a great show running and I I'm very excited now after seeing what this whole thing built up to, it, it just blew me away with the emotion and how much I've been looking forward to this every Thursday, like consistently. I'll say this too, like on top of everything else that James Gunn is good at, making a playlist is also oh yes. number one. <laughs> I 
don't even care about like hair metal and stuff i am obsessed with this playlist i listen to it constantly i wake up with wigwams <laughs> do you really want to taste yep. it stuck in my head and, and like you're even you you show it like the the playlist has everything in it so it's not yep. just like the main like big ballads and stuff it's like little small stuff too and one of those things is even like when judo master was in his car there is a like a japanese uh punk rock song playing in the car and i'm obsessed <laughs> with that song and i'm like this playlist is amazing and i would have killed to be at a party in college with James Gunn on the ox like <laughs> would kill to go to that moment <laughs> no um that at work uh when I get back from lunch at noon I can't go into a podcast I go right into do you really I, I play the whole on shuffle and the second song on that list um the church of rock and roll yeah I think yeah. it's my favorite oh my god I love that song but uh we'll wrap this up real quick before we go into Boba Fett the whole veterinarian scene, which leading to hardcore getting crowned and us seeing what the cow looks like, was brilliant. Uh, with him praying for Eagly and then the hug and mm. Abadiah <laughs> just be like, "Holy shit!" I just saw he wasn't eagle. bullshitting. Eagle really hugged him, and then she's like, "I took it as a sign." <laughs> and then you see him taking the photo with it <laughs> just like doing selfies <laughs> and, then, and, um, and then them just like you know coming up with the plan and thank god vigilante didn't kill these vets because i would have brought these vets with me oh my god the veterinarians were ready to kick yeah, some ass like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're gonna die <laughs> hey make sure not to put the duct tape too tight or they're gonna start chafing and it's gonna cause them to burn so you're worried about tape but not murdering them yes oh my god okay so the cow the cow i i, I hate this word but does that cow looked very moist oh god oh <laughs> this this thing at first i was just like okay at least it doesn't look like the vagina bug from starship troopers because that's what i'm like it's <laughs> really popped in my head but as i saw the eyes i'm like oh you just look like what mothra or whatever it is from godzilla it had no fur or wings so that's what stuck in my head well i thought the star like it... was bad but this is just worse okay the star is way worse because like seeing that come <laughs> off their faces is what made the star <laughs> looking so gross to me i think out of oh. the star and everything it was harley quinn diving into his eyeball that yeah. Me yes. the most. i was just like oh oh god but like this thing just looked so wet and it, yeah. it, it looked like a ball sack with <laughs> eyes and it was just so gross. You, know, you know what the one tooth reminds me of with it having the one tooth it reminds me of the um bastard son that summer and morty had the inbred yes. baby from Rick and Morty. <laughs> I was like, oh. That's exactly what it is. I was trying to think of like what that tooth thing reminded me of. Oh my god. Yep, nope, that is completely accurate. Yeah. It, it, it's the the alien baby that oh, Summer and Morty had. It, maybe that's why all so I follow James Gunn on Twitter. Somebody has been putting Rick and Morty uh keychains on his uh like his stand his monitor every okay. day on um guardians of the galaxy 3 he's on set filming this right now and somebody keeps bringing him rick and morty keychains so it, it's kind of funny that you brought that up <laughs> oh my goodness yeah when i like when they kept on referring to it as a cow i'm like is james gunn gonna have some kind of like 
Experian boosts like spoof <laughs> like because of John Cena and those commercials. And oh. no, it's the most horrifying thing James Gunn could possibly think of. I'm like, this thing's gonna give me fucking nightmares. See, that's it was the other disgusting. Thing. I just wanted it to be a, like a, a space cow. Like I wanted it to exactly. look like a demon cow, but like have <laughs> yeah. wings. And that's <laughs> not what happened. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I was expecting, and then you get the most disgusting thing you can dream up. I'm just glad it's not a giant thing from Slither, because I don't know, Amy, if you've ever seen that James Gunn movie. No, I haven't. I'm oh, really bad God, with movies. I'm not gonna. No, lie. they're like little. They're like little worms that like you know make you a zombie and stuff. Oh God, so gross. But uh, th- that's what James Gunn does. Like even the butterflies entering the body. The previous episode. Yeah. The fact that you didn't see it, you just saw that blood, I immediately pictured how that thing just rammed itself up the through yeah. the top of your mouth into your skull. I gotta like, say, like, they made her look badass, though. Uh, oh, yeah. Her name Annie Chang, I think her, her name is in the show. Right. Uh, she looks so cool and it's playing that song monster behind it yeah. and she's just got this field of butterflies and you're just like oh god she's gonna go to the police station and get everyone i kind of feel like they should have left her partner unbutterflied though yeah i think that's my only gripe is that like i feel bad he got butterflied too well yeah as i'm about to end this this will be a good way to segue into boba fett uh I felt more for her get, becoming a... I was really pissed when she became a butterfly. Yep. And that is funny to me because when shit happens in Boba Fett, I don't give a shit. And I've known these characters longer and it pisses <laughs> me off. But a character I've literally probably only had 12 and a half minutes of screen time with in a brand new show. I've never seen her in anything. She was one of my favorite characters and I thought she was going to be like a detective always behind Peacemaker, like trying mm-hmm. to find him. So that was my disappointment with that. Um, Ron, do you want to say anything before we go to Boba Fett? Um, I actually thought like her partner, like when she killed Mern, he's like, wait, why did like, why did you kill him? I thought he was going to like turn on her or still has like the chance of turning on her. There definitely is a a element to that because i think that they realize that um goff that that's like the english name that they use for her is um she's so ruthless that she doesn't care about anybody and so these butterflies are looking at her like you just killed another butterfly what is wrong with you and she's just like well he was a warrior he was gonna try to come up against us anyway that sort of thing but they're realizing they're expendable yeah so they may all turn on goff we don't know yeah, well, we see that Mern seems to be the only one that actually, like, gives a shit and, like, hey, I don't think we should be taking over an entire species. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not right. I mean, we don't know how... I guess they never even... He never even talked about having allies. They all seem like human allies as well. Yeah. But the one I could possibly see turning, it just depends, is the his buddy, the sheriff. That's one I could see changing, even though the guy was a psychopath, but... We don't know if he had some kind of loyalty to Mern or respected him. Because was that the one who questioned questioned her? No, it was oh, Fitz. No. It was Fitzgibbon, her, okay. her partner. Oh, okay. So yeah, I feel like okay. because well, Mern had mentioned that, uh, like that he remembered all the memories of the the human version of Mern. So I'm wondering if because like they all have their memories still, if Fitz is kind of looking at her, going like, "What the hell? Like you just killed somebody else," and like he's questioning her because they have a history. But you saw kind of how um cold Goth was when 
he was still a human. She's like, mm-hmm. well, I could tell she was very fond of you. And then she tries to smile at him. <laughs> and it's like super serial killer smile. But like, I feel like they still have a, a connection. It's weird because there's no way that these people can be unbutterflied once they've been butterflied, obviously. So, I mean, no. they're just dead either way. Yep. I agree. Uh, we shall see in the season finale because this is getting greenlit. They haven't. I think they officially announced it. If not, this is the most streamed show. It's the most. It was the most popular one in the world for like a week. So I I can't wait to see how this ends and where we can go from here, and also what other characters from DC can be brought in. Um, so we're gonna get into Book of Boba Fett the season series finale uh, with a touch of Mandalorian. Yeah, I finally even made the joke. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side, Mike. <laughs> well, the thing is with this finale, I liked a lot of it. But the thing that is, the thing that is this show, <laughs> Star Wars fans are making me hate it. <laughs> like yeah. what? Star Wars Let's fans ju- are the worst fans. Let they me are. throw that out there right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from everything from nitpicking uh, the the guy with the eye mod doing a spin to, you know, just being pissed off about how this played out in general. It just blows my mind how many times Star Wars fans can either get what they want or they don't they get what they think they want and then they're like well this sucks and i'm just like it's it's fucking star wars why don't you enjoy it for once instead of picking it apart i'm <laughs> saying this on a star wars podcast obviously but i'm just like ah! uh, we bash <laughs> we bash star wars fans every single episode so you're <laughs> like you're good <laughs> well like one criticism i heard and trust me i one criticism i'm gonna say one i heard i went and i'll tell you guys my personal one one i heard i didn't got pissed off about they're like you know why do you grab rancor if you would have just grabbed slave one I, i'm still calling it slave one till they give it official name i don't want to yeah. get a rant about that I, I think that name fits so they're like why didn't you go back get slave one and do an aerosol he caused he would cause just as much damage as that rant. i'm like no first of all you don't know if those shields can hold it second of all he's gonna have to fly back and forth doing strafing runs just bombing yeah. the shit out of his city. No, he wouldn't do that. That would make no sense. Like, he can do that in open fields. He can't do that in a city that has alleyways. He'll miss his targets and just blow the shit out of everything and kill innocents. Well, and he He's doesn't want to do destroy that. the city either. Exactly. Like, I get yep. the Rancor destroyed certain things, but you need to be close-quartered, get... you know? Yeah, well, that Rancor wasn't going to do shit if he didn't get shot off of it or yeah. at least was around it once daddy disappeared rancor ran free and that was the other thing like <laughs> didn't john sets him on fire he doesn't give it cad bane that was the first time he saw fire so when it went in his mouth it probably hurt but he's like oh i can take this fuck you new toy throws it's him down like what he him out though it wasn't yeah. like he didn't get freaked out by it he let din go after he right. used the gauntlets but like they when cad bane did it for the first time it was like oh no i'm afraid of fire and he throws boba fett off of him and runs away and i'm like well i mean this gives them the moment to have a face-to-face fight and that's mm-hmm. that's obviously what mike probably wanted the whole time <laughs> with the, the clone wars oh. background and all that <laughs> oh literally last week i told ron i'm like these two get in a room or a situation they're not wa- one of them's not walking away mm-hmm. yep. um but my real quick my biggest criticism was the strategy of this fucking plan granted him going up to the tower would have been great him going to palace but no this is a western the western he's defending his territory he has to 
Now, why the hell did he not give BK, like, two of the mods? Like, you could have split up the mods. Or at least last second, just hire some goons. Just as body, just as cannon fodder. I don't know. But why? <laughs> why is BK by himself in the clan? They the hunt Trandoshan, Yeah, The Trandoshans hunt Wookiees yep. for fucking sport. You're going to put him there by himself? Are you nuts? <laughs> I, th- I think they probably figured he could handle himself, but literally, it's like he, at the same time, he need even Chewbacca needed backup. Come on, yeah, that that was just my. I I just thought the strategy was terrible, and the Vespa things. I'm sorry, but that was my biggest overall thing was the Vespa gang, the mods, um, Power Ranger Pink. <laughs> I think that you're nitpicking on that one. I really no, do. I don't. Was, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I don't. Okay. So Robert Rodriguez, which I love, he directed most of this and executive producer. When I think Robert Rodriguez, this is my fault sometimes. I think of Once Upon a Time in Mexico, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, um, Desperado, right? These yeah. machete. Great He's action. He's very campy. Yeah. It, no, not the serious ones. His early stuff, and that's why I love it, was very grounded Mexican crime lord stories. But then I forgot he did Spy Kids. Oh God! I didn't know. He if did these that. kids, if these mods, if this was Nard Shadad or Coruscant, I'd be fine with it because that fits that culture. But when I see a brand new fucking thing that just came off the lot on Tatooine, it makes no sense to me. <laughs> like that thing would be. I just see what dust and desert does to vehicles in Texas. In Arizona, it destroys paint if you don't store it. I don't know. Well, I'm just absolutely. weird like that. Like, I get that, <laughs> but the mods are all about flash. Oh. That's the whole point of the mods in the first place. So it, right. it seems to make sense to me that they'd have these flashy bikes. I get that they probably should look dusty. I'll agree with that no, wholeheartedly. Man. I'll agree with that. But, like, they are they want to be seen. They want to be flamboyant. So, like, I totally believe that those are there. They do look a little spy kids. I will say that. But when I look look at robert rodriguez even though you're like yeah they they have all of these like mexican inferences and stuff like that but at the same time like you cannot tell me that that vampire movie is not campy as hell like oh, it's yeah. got its cheese and yeah. i feel like that shines through in anything that he directs no matter what there is some element to cheese there so i i I don't know. I feel like it. I feel like Star Wars fans, they went too hard with it. Like, I can understand saying, like, okay, yeah, they should be dusty. Maybe they shouldn't be that bright. But, like, to condemn the whole series because the bike gang has shiny bikes is really fucking stupid. No, I agree. (laughs) Because one of his best movies that just came out, and I wish we would have seen a scene where, like, three of them, like, all use their mods to, like, do a kick ass, you know, beatdown. Uh, was a leader battle angel. I forgot he directed that, and that was like one of my favorite movies of like 2019. So that's where I'm like, he he could have made these look cooler. So I don't know. The whole gang was supposed to be like their representation of like punk culture. Yeah, it was like okay. steampunk punk type thing. So instead of like being the rebellious punks, they're gonna be the flashy standouty type punks like oh why are they modding their body it's like oh why is this why are the young people of the generation getting tattoos and things like that right. like exactly. that's what they were supposed to be okay, well even I the mod it. shop guy is very like that like you yeah. look, that guy is actually a rapper i think in yep. real life and so he did a cameo for this but he's just as flashy as they are so yep. like i do think that that 
tends to that culture. And you have to think of it from the perspective too, of like, obviously you have all these people doing like sand people shit and whatever, but they even (laughs) make that reference of when the people from Freetown come up, they're like, Oh, well, I'm just here to save a bunch of city people. And like, well, what are these sand rats doing here? Like there's a whole big trash talk thing. And Boba's like, save it for the pikes, like let it go, you know? And so I think that that was partially why that was there as well is to show like another culture dealing with another culture of old versus new and start, Star Wars fans don't like old verse new. They're like, I want to see the same stuff. Oh, I want to see this. And then when they get the same stuff, like Luke Skywalker, they bitch about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Never yeah, happy. And as far as the strategy there, Mike, like I understand why you're a little pissed about it, but you have to remember too, they didn't expect all the other crime families to be involved. Okay. <laughs> why didn't I love how he acknowledges that them screwing him over was a smart play. So you didn't have a contingency plan? Okay, yeah, yeah okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. You, you knew this was a possibility, and you didn't, like, huh, yeah. you know what, guys, this could go 50-50, but let's, like, I get, like, the whole perimeter, like, searching thing, but I was just like, fuck it, dude, you should already have Fennec, like, on top. Like, you should Well, and that's s- the thing. We're, Fennec was not in that battle at all. With the exception of saving the mods, then she pieced out to go take care of the rest of the families. But I I think that was the only contingency plan that they may have had in place, but there was no scene of Boba telling her to do that if shit went crazy. And I feel like that's where they fucked up with that. They didn't have any scene of that. Well, they kind of like, she's like, I can try because I think that was just like a last second ditch. Like, that's the only way we're going to get out of this alive. Mm-hmm. But I think she should have already been like halfway there. And they're like, hey, they ended up doing it. You got to haul ass. And then the whole time as she's hauling ass, you're going back and forth. Like you do like a couple cool things. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a writer. If but- I would have done it the way in my head, obviously, I'm not a writer for Star Wars. But in my head, they should have <laughs> they should have actually let Boba Fett have a scene in the episode before the last episode now i'm not mad (laughs) that the mandalorian is there but he didn't even fucking talk in that episode they should have had one scene just one scene of him going well what if this doesn't work well if it doesn't work go kill all of them that would have cleared up everything you know what i just thought of you know how (laughs) cool that war council yeah you know what would have been really cool it's like after fennec hung the mayor it was boba fett who just walked through that door yeah yeah and then just shot him straight up and just walked away not saying a word because it would have been justified because he's the one that killed his Tuscan family. Yep, so it exactly. would have made perfect sense. And that would have been a mob only, move. The only argument I have against that is I feel like if he killed more than one person, him killing Cad Bane would not mean as much. Cad Bane's not dead. I'm calling that now. Well, I that figure he's not shit. either. Yeah. The to, to be honest chest. with you, I thought he was going to be in the back to tank when we saw Cobb Vanth. That's what I thought was happening. And I was like, you did not put that guy in the fucking back to tank. <laughs> okay. And then I was like, oh, no, wait, it's just, it's pretty Cobb Vanth. It's okay. <laughs> I, feel like he, I feel like he's been modded too because I don't remember him having a metal plate on the top of his skull. Who? Cad Bane. He didn't. That was just his... Like, that was just his, like, suit-looking thing. That looked like the back of his, like, where the hoses go when his hat fell off. It kind of looked like that was part of that. Um, Okay. Which, thank you for sending me that link, by the way, because I wouldn't have known what the hell those things were for. 
Uh, yeah. Mike offline, Mike sent me like a 10 minute clip to understand Cad Bane because spoiler <laughs> alert, I've never watched Clone Wars. And I said I would say this on here because I told Chuck and he goes, you hold that until the last possible time you can say it. I am going to watch Clone Wars now because Yay. I want to know what the fuck Cad Bane is. I want uh, more of him. And that's literally the only reason why I want it. Cad Bane is one of the better things that came out of the animated series, so mm-hmm. yeah. you're gonna be, you're gonna love it. And can oh, we yeah, please wait. get a hashtag RoboCob <laughs> yes. get starting? Because <laughs> yes, like he will forever be known as RoboCob now to me. Oh my god! <laughs> I did see people photoshopping like the RoboCop bottle body on him and just his head being there, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. Yep. I like the fact that the mod guy was in the palace waiting for him to get out of the back. To tank too i was like yeah he's gonna have like a a modded arm now (laughs) well the thing was that was funny about seeing he was still alive is that we were ending the show last week and ron's like dude he's dead i'm like dude let me wikipedia it and he's like wikipedia is a good source ha 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 and i'm like see wikipedia says he's not dead and the whole time i'm like when they when the the town said said he he was i know i'm like fuck ron's gonna kill me (laughs) the townspeople were like they thought he was gonna die from that they were basically like he's on his last leg type thing and boba fett's just like well if you're gonna die i'm just gonna fix you you know no big (laughs) deal but i didn't think he was dead i figured campaign did it and he's like well did you negotiate and i was like he he shot him as a warning shot he killed that other guy obviously but like he shot him in the shoulder yeah yeah so that's why I said it was like, no, if it was his right shoulder, I'd be a little, you know, worried because that's closer to the heart, maybe. I don't know, just that perimeter that seemed like on your left shoulder, it's a little more vital. But he took out his shooting arm, his pistol hand or shoulder, whatever. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> he took out where he shoots his guns, right? So his draw is, hand, Mike. Yeah, his bro, draw right? hand. His draw hand. I want to know if he's going to get like either something to help his draw hand go faster or if they're just going to put a plate of armor across his chest. That's it. Because they keep saying, it's like, you shouldn't have lost your armor. And I'm like, yep. Ah, are they going to make him more defensive or quick draw? Um, I mean, he's already I'll, pretty quick as a human yeah. being. So, yeah. uh, the but fact he is that old. He, he's yeah. gray. Have Mando <laughs> give the uh, mod guy some Beskar and just put it into his chest. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, so, I want to talk about some of the action sequences. Um, it sucked that, like, when the turn happened, uh, Amy, I called the Gamorreans Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and when Harry and Lloyd got pushed off, I was so upset. I'm like, I was That's... sad. They did their job. They were stupid at times, but they, they literally were like, come on, you guys couldn't give them a blaster? I mean, maybe they right. don't want one, but come on. <laughs> I was looking at them and just going like, they were loyal those yep. poor guys they they've been through so much they had to live with boba Fett, or not boba fett of uh, fucking job of the hut for how long like god just damn. having to take out twilight strippers and whores everybody get out get out <laughs> throwing their clothes at them get out of here can we talk <laughs> about how pele uh is now like with the major domo basically because that was hilarious Oh, <laughs> she's like, I, get behind me. Ooh, nice tails. And her and her Jawas. I think she's trying to run through every species on Tatooine. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's definitely a free throwing. Oh, she's just weird. She's, a, she's, she's just a local gal. 
<laughs> yeah, she's just grown on me so much. I love uh, the fact that when, because we haven't mentioned him yet, Grogu shows up. Uh, okay. You got R2 telling her what his name is, and she goes, Grogu, that's a terrible name. I'm not going to call you that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, she is every fan. That is so great. <laughs> right. She's like, I will call you Baby Yoda. All right, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> so before we bring up uh, Grogu, um, would the Mando Boba Fett team up in the like oh. Sundance and... That was oh, so I love cool. how they sent so out the good. dude to negotiate and then just jetpacks. All right, we're we're blowing this shit straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> like, Boba, I'm like, yes. Boba Fett picking him off in the sky. I'm like, this is Battlefront 2. I finally uh. get to see what it kills me in Battlefront 2 all the time is some douchebag that's really Then he's good got like the Fett. knee rockets too. I'm like, what the hell are those things? Like, that's so fucking cool. Did you guys catch the continuity error? What? No. <laughs> so when they show him before, when like when they have the robots first show up, the people from Freetown show up and they have that freighter. Boba Fett shoots off his rocket off his jetpack. That rocket is back in his jetpack. I noticed that. I was thinking that. I'm like, did he yeah. reload or something? No. I, I mean, unless he had something in Garza's sanctuary, which is highly unlikely. Uh, right. Yeah, there's another one there. And I was like, oh, I did not catch that the first time around. But oh, yeah, that, that whole scene is so cool. And the fact that like, they're basically like, they don't know each other that well. Think about it from that perspective. And he's just like, I'm just willing to die for you. It's cool. He's like, you can leave. And he's like, nah, I'm good. We'll die with honor together. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it's like, you believe in that bullshit? Yeah, basically. And he's like, yep, yep, I do. Nope, we're doing this together. This is the way. Let's go. I, I can't remember in what order. Oh, no, it happens after the fact. I wonder if Din was all about just like, I'm going to go all in with this because obviously I don't have the kid anymore. He didn't have, he didn't know that Grogu was coming back. He thought he was with, you know, the Jedi. He'll be fine. So he's just like, I'm ready to die. It's cool. Well, yeah, he's lost both of his families. He yeah. lost Grogu and he's no longer part of the Children of the Watch. What else did he have to live for? Exactly. I mean, I don't think he was suicidal, but I think he was just like, no, this is an honorable way to go out. I'm going to help Boba Fett. And I like the fact from the, the previous episode at like the end of it where they have um or the two episodes back, I guess, when Fennec shows up to give him the job, he's like, no, tell him it's on the house. Like he has such a regard for Boba Fett after Boba and Fennec tried to help him get Grogu back that I think yep. he's just willing to do anything for that guy. Well, and him and Fennec definitely, they have like a relationship. They respect each other because Fennec would have never got shot. He was oh, going to yeah. bring her in alive mm -hmm. and they just respect each other massively. And also they saw a Jedi together. So I'm glad that like I've always wondered, I'm like, hey, so Fennec. How did you guys get out of that situation? Well, there was this guy, Skywalker, and Boba Fett just looks at her like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Punch it. <laughs> Go back to Tatooine. He's like his father. He doesn't like sand. Even though the whole reason Tatooine is in this power vacuum of struggle is because he killed their mob boss, saving his friend. But he's not going to come fix his home planet. No, no, fuck well, it. Well, yeah, let's talk about that for a second. He literally just sent R2 to Tatooine with Grogu. He's like, yeah. yeah, it's good. I'm not going back there. You guys can go. I'm just going to stay here. Hey, do we have any more? No, we have no more budget. No. <laughs> he wouldn't just leave Tatooine. No, no, no more VR budget. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he had to stay in Sulk. <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious if we get to see that scene in maybe the Ahsoka show or something. 
or who knows, maybe in a flashback in Mandalorian of him picking. And I, I, Amy, I believe Luke did that. He didn't fail either way because people are like, oh, Mandalorian season two ending sucks. Luke, you know, why would Luke just let him go? And it's like, because if his heart's not into being a Jedi, he shouldn't become a Jedi. Exactly. And, and that's, does, I think that's what Ahsoka knew, too. Yeah. That's yeah. why she said what she said to Din about not training him. And yeah. I, we we looked at past the very obvious sign too, Mike, like in the Kylo Ren comic that is considered canon. As of now. <laughs> as of now, yes. Um, it, Luke even said like in a flashback, oh, yeah, Kylo was my first student. So we, we should have known Grogu was going to choose. That's why I told you last week. I feel like that last comment was like, it pushed no. Grogu a certain way. Yeah, but also, like I said, Yoda's lightsaber was destroyed in the Vader comic, too. Well, there yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they pick and choose from the comics, just like we said. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Until it's in live-action form, everything else doesn't fucking matter. Fallen Order could have never happened still in this universe. So that's why I'm kind of done. Like, I'm kind of done reading the comics now. Like, yeah. But I gotta but, say, too, like, with the lightsaber thing. Yeah. The whole thing about Jedi not having attachment, I call bullshit on this because the only reason that Luke got to the place that he was was that he had his sister there, not knowing it was his sister for a long time, and Han and Lando. Like You even have Lando say in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, he says, well, how did you guys do this? And he goes, we had each other. Where does it say, like, okay, I get, like, in the prequels, like, no attachments or whatever, but Luke is literally like, oh, Grogu, you're gonna have to choose. You can't have attachments. Now look at my well, dead master's lightsaber. I miss him well, so much, and you look just like him. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, well, Amy, I think this this kind of goes to where we get Luke in Last Jedi now. I mean, we saw that together. I think we both liked it at first. I'm 75, I like it. 25, I don't. Um, But... I've never had the issue with Luke in that movie. It was like the Umama jokes and the planet and all that stuff. But now it makes sense. Luke and Yoda even says uh, when he talks about the sacred text, he's like, page tenders, they were not. Mm -hmm." Yeah. It's like, dude, you weren't supposed, you chose to follow the code exactly and you were doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. And I think that's what this Luke still hasn't, he hasn't been crushed yet. Right. So he's kind of following it to the code because he he doesn't have that experience of Jedi's. You know what I mean? Like at this age right now, he would have been on planets. He would be a Jedi Knight because by age whatever eight or nine, he's going off with her master to go like do. Hey, this planet needs help with its trades. Can you go over there and make sure they have enough water? You know what I mean? So, I love that like Yoda basically Captain Barbosa's him from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's like they're more the like guidelines. actual guidelines, guidelines than actual yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm kind of um I, I wanna see Ray, but not for like 15 years. Not until like I'm 45 and Daisy Ridley's 45. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I want it to be like years after, so that way when they retell Ray, I wanna know if Ray's doing something. Or if they want to just say fuck it, and I really think they could do this, is make Grogu something of a jedi like maybe ray dis- pulls a luke and disappears so grogu i, I think he's gonna be a mandalorian mandor mandalorian or mandalore what <laughs> i can't fucking say it well so, if you think about it yeah. from the perspective of okay so the dark saber is obviously you only win it in battle or whatever but it's a, yep. it's a lightsaber and a sword it really signifies that connection between the jedi and the mandalorians so well, who's to say that Grogu can't wield that, even though it's big, obviously, well, he's got tiny hands, but... No, the thing is, though, is that even in um, 
Clone Wars, which you'll see, pre Vizsla, you saw his grandson. Um, that thing pretty much makes you the ruler of Mandalore, right? Yep. That thing has had had Darth Darth Maul was Mandalore in the Clone Wars final two seasons. He killed and won it in battle, and that caused the big breakdown of the Mandalorians because they became pacifists. They came back with uh, the body armor, like all that stuff. Came back for war mode, and Darth Maul was like. I can fucking kill you. Kills the guy. He's like, now I got an army. He did Sidious's plan with the Mandalorians, and that's why the Empire ultimately glasses them. Because the Mandalorians really probably could have been a big threat to the Empire, and that's what Sidious knew. So that's why I've always loved the Mandalorian. It keeps showing that, no, the Mandalorians were a big threat. Like, they would have really helped out their rebel alliance if they weren't in their own civil conflict that led to their destruction. So that's why I'm very curious to see if Boba Fett... And Mandalore and Din Djarin are going to try and go back to Mandalorian because this show ends with Boba Fett saying, this really isn't for us. I think Kyle Vamp's going to become the new Daimor of Tatooine. And- yeah, yeah definitely. people love him. And yeah. I, think, I think Din and Grogu were off to Mandalore because Din needs to repair his reputation with the Children of the Watch. Or he's going to see, or he's like trying to say Gina Kavan. Oh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No. <laughs> but uh, no, from like, so going back just real quick to what Amy said, like with Jedi and no attachments, ever since Luke was introduced, every Jedi after Luke has had attachments. It, it, like we had Luke, we had Kane and Jarrus had attachments. Ezra has attachments because he's got a whole crew with him and he sacrifices life for them. Uh, Cal Kestis has a crew. Like, all these Jedi that come about after Luke, after the fall of the Jedi, they all have attachments. Every single one of them. Yeah. Well, no, backtrack even, I, you can't not tell me that Ahsoka does not have an attachment to Anakin. You cannot tell me, like, you, you have Luke being upset about Ben. You have, like, there's so many of these Jedi with attachments. Like, it's just a bullshit rule. I'll go back. I'll go back even further with you. <laughs> Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. You told me yeah. there was an attachment there. Qui-Gon yep. also Absolutely. was if Qui-Gon didn't get killed, he definitely would have, I feel like, either whether it went the Count Dooku route or he would have been like a great Jedi. He would have been he like uh, for sure. Yeah, he was very more in tune with the force. So it's just funny that but it also did work for how long was there peace and stability? Thousands of years when there was no more Sith. Yep. So that's where Knights are oh uh, not Knights. Knight actually, yeah, Knights. And um, this new age, the uh, what's it called again, Rob? The High, the High Republic. High, High Republic. This, is, this is where the Sith comes back, is in the High yeah, Republic. Yeah, slowly, but that's why I was curious to see what they can do with those as live action or animation shows to show how, yeah, you guys might hate this Jedi rule, but it kind of did work for a while. We just, we held the rules too hard because if they would have just listened to Anakin and not treat him like a piece of shit, a yeah. lot of this would have not happened. So well, I mean, that's the downfall. Yeah, you'll see in the uh, animated series there, Amy, that the Jedi Council had zero regard of what they put Anakin through. And Ahsoka. Like, and, there's a yeah. whole there's a reason Ahsoka walks away from the Jedi Order, and it's bullshit what they did to her. Like, she gets framed for terrorism and all this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, you kind of got a little bit of an inference in that in the Mandalorian with her and when Din says to her, like, well, you're a Jedi. And she's like, no, I'm not like she's like, no, nope, no, nope, no, yep. don't don't label me like that. I ain't that anymore. 
So but before, yeah, oh, excuse, no, go on, Ron. Sorry. I, I was going to say, if uh, if you didn't like the prequels, Amy, the uh, the animated series gives you such respect for what they were trying to do, but they obviously fell short on. But the Clone Wars animated series really shows how good of a person and how great of a Jedi Anakin really was. And just like I said, the shit that the council puts him through and just has zero regard for anything that he feels is it, it it gives so much more perspective on like yep that's why he turned to vader i probably would have done the same yeah it cleans up the messes that they left behind i yeah. i did not i'll i'll say this i what i saw episode 1 in the theater when i was you know like a kid of some sort right. um and then i never saw the rest of them until the pandemic happened. And then one day I said, I'm going to do this for science. And I sat down and watched <laughs> all of them over again. And I actually wrote down my thoughts. So there's a note somewhere on my phone of me picking apart all three of them as, you know, an adult yeah. fresh and open to it. And I mean, they're not as bad as I made them out to be, but there used to be, there was a version of me that if my friends had a star Wars marathon, I wouldn't show up until a new hope was going to be on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, nope, nope, you're not gonna screw me over with these. I will show up when I get Luke Skywalker. All right. <laughs> I will say this with the prequels, I will always go back to Phantom Menace really with no problem, especially with the pod racing scene. The Jar Jar Bing shit's just white noise to me now. I just ignore it. And I feel bad for that actor because at the time that shit was revolutionary. That motion capture of Jar Jar yeah, Binks, think they, about it. People mm -hmm. really made he like was suicidal, the yeah, actor. Yeah. I felt so bad for the guy. I mean, like the character, it was like wasn't it yeah. like George Lucas's favorite character and everything, and he was just like hated. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh but Attack of the Clones, I, I'll never go back to. I can watch all the cool stuff on YouTube. And then Revenge of the Sith is honestly one of my favorites because of clone wars like star wars yep. movies overall because you now you know all the shit for like i think it's like two or three years right ron clone yeah. wars is and what you know anakin and obi-wan have been through and that, that makes that final scene just so and the fact that you get to know the clones so when they turn on the jedi you feel it's for the jedi yeah it's just like because you see clones get their chips taken out of their heads, so some of them fight back. It's it's fantastic. So I can't wait for you to hear this. Can we pencil in Amy to come back once Whenever she, she finishes, watches like, the shows? Yeah, she more. <laughs> Amy's got an open that. door. She's literally. Yeah. We've been going on for an hour and a half, and I could go three with Amy being here, but I can't. <laughs> so final thoughts on the book of Boba Fett. I'll go last. Amy, you go first. Final thoughts on the series as a whole. I absolutely loved it. Obviously, I feel like it was a it was an in-between story to tell that bridges season two of Mandalorian to season three of Mandalorian in a weird way, but it also gave insight to who Boba Fett was and this turn that he takes after he gets into the Sarlacc pit and almost dies. And I think that gives us a really cool thing because up until this point, we just had a bunch of 40-year-old white guys wanking off to, you know, <laughs> Boba Fett being this ruthless killer when all he did was fall off a 
boat. So I feel like this helps now to give us a better side of that. I feel like it fleshed out a lot of the characters more. We saw growth in all of the characters and I'm interested to see where it leads. I do think that you guys are right about Cobb Vanth being the next inheritant of Mos Eisley. You mean RoboCob? Yeah, (laughs) RoboCob. Sorry, sorry, RoboCob. And uh, beyond that, I'm interested to see how it plays out because now that we obviously aren't going to have that Cara Dune and Grief Karga thing going on anymore because of the real life things that have happened. Din needs backup. He's going to need Boba and Fennec for whatever happens next. Good thoughts. No, I agree. That's cool. To, uh, I like that's that's a good way to replace uh, the Gina Carano character. I don't. I honestly thought that that could be partially why they there was two episodes of The Mandalorian in the and middle of why, Boba Fett. And yeah. I feel. If we feel like anytime that anytime that he's ever been in trouble, where does Din go? He goes immediately to grieve Karga and Cara Dune. Yeah. He can't do that now. Yeah, I think that and that could explain why Favreau was so pissed. Because I oh, think yeah. Favreau, I think he was actually debating walking away until like Filoni's like, no, 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 no. Well, and I Gina Carano him. was supposed to have her own show yeah, as exactly. Cara Dune. And now that whole thing is just not a thing. And I, I want one one day you and me are gonna have to have like a phone call and talk about that because I really want to hear your whole because I've never understood. I I know what kind of went by, but I kind of I've it's just that that whole thing was just fascinating because it just it seemed like she was stupid. She was definitely stupid, but also I want to know like why all of a sudden she started acting like that. That's the thing. I that's gonna be interesting to me if someone like looks into it. Like the downfall of her career. Like I love those YouTube videos because yeah. it's something that set her off. And I'm like, that's that's the thing I want to find out. Yeah, it's like, what I, made her just be like, I'm just gonna fuck everything up. I'll say this much: I'm not gonna go deeply into it, yeah. but I honestly do believe that because of the way that the world has been operating as of late, people yeah. took everything to the extreme one way or the other. And I, at yeah. the end of the day, she's a a real person just like we are. And she went on the side that she went on and it got really ugly and she didn't look at the fact that she had a platform. And when you have a platform, it's really important to watch what you say. Yep. Who knows if Mel Gibson can get Lethal Weapon 5 made, who knows with her career. (laughs) Uh, Ron, um, so what was your overall thoughts of the Book of Boba Fett as a whole? Uh, I'd say eight out of ten. Definitely, I feel like they could have wrapped up all the uh past, like all the flashbacks in an episode or two. I I would have dedicated the first two episodes to just him crawling out of the starlight pit, and then go from there. But um, no, I I loved it. It was. I wish we got a little more of them, but I feel like the last episode really showed off like the badassery that is Boba Fett. Like he was a he was an absolute tank in the last episode. I don't think anyone can knock him on that. Um, with the last episode though, I feel like uh, Black Chrysanthemum should have died about eight million times. <laughs> I think he took about eighty yeah. fucking blaster bolts to the chest. Like I don't understand how he's living. Um, that's that was my biggest. You know that you know was what? my biggest. He's gripe a badass Wookie. That's what. No. The <laughs> first time he falls. The first time he falls down. As soon as you see him, he's just got a bunch of white powder in his nose. Just like, I can keep going. <laughs> just see him doing blow. I could go. But like, yeah, when all the like he had like what 10 Trandoshans on him. I thought they all had knives, but apparently not. Apparently they're just trying to punch him. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, but he, uh, to me, 
he's not actually alive. <laughs> like he yeah, should have yeah, died a million times. A quick, but, quick backtrack for two seconds here. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that they paid off the joke in the couple episodes prior of him ripping off a Trandoshan's arm. That yeah. he's rip your arms off. Because that's what <laughs> I expected him to do when all those Trandoshans came at him in, in that scene in the last episode. I just expected yep. him to take all their arms off and that didn't happen. <laughs> well, I think we're gonna we're definitely I think we could possibly end up seeing him in the Obi-Wan series because in the comics, the reason he has those scars above his head is because Obi-Wan sliced him with the lightsaber. I think he's ran into him like uh, he was doing something like a job and Obi-Wan's like fuck that they ain't happening around these parts <laughs> and he fought him and Kat, he almost got him too he he went up went, went up pretty well against Obi-Wan too so I'd love that'd be to cool see if we end up seeing him yeah. yeah uh okay you got anything else but, you want to say Ron uh no that, that okay. pretty much wraps it up I think it gives us a good starting point for Mandalorian season three um I really do hope they kind of go into the choice that Grogu made mm-hmm. I figured I figured that Grogu was gonna do it because they're not gonna introduce Grogu like that and then literally just like okay he's a Jedi now we're never gonna see him again and like he was too important to din to make him disappear for long periods of time like that mm-hmm. so i kind of figured that would happen but oh uh, it's it's interesting to see what din's gonna do next and like amy said like in every episode he has help and i i feel like he's definitely gonna keep the relationship with boba and fennec strong and i really hope we just see more of bo-katan yeah, so my I give the show six out of ten. Um, there's great Star Wars content in it. Um, it's an overall great story. Uh, Star Wars, there's great moments and all that. Um, it's a terrible Boba Fett show to a certain degree. With I, I liked how they showed his change as a person. Um, I still want to know why he wanted to run the city. I, I, I kind of want to know more about that. Like, I love how Cad Bane's like, "What's your end game here?" And then he, by the end of the show, he's like, yeah, I'm all done. Like, this ain't the life for us. I'm like, so what was the whole point of this? Okay. It didn't seem like it? he was, like, hating on it completely, but I think yeah, he's I just know. tired of being a bounty hunter. That was his right. whole background with it. it. was like, I'm tired of working for assholes that'll get me killed. So I think he's, he's got to figure out what else to do. I think he's just kind of done fighting without a purpose. Like, credits is great, but it's not worth a life. So that's why I think he's going to try and become a Mandalorian, like, official. So that way his name will go down as Mandalorian. I think that's going to be his arc possibly in the Mandalorian going forward. But overall, I I like this Boba Fett. I just wish we would have had more of the scenes like the guerrilla warfare. That would have been cool to see or like them testing out the alliances. And I don't know. I wish there would have just been more. I know this this sounds weird, but the reason Game of Thrones was so great, in my humble opinion, it wasn't because of the action sequences. It was just the build-up, the talking scenes, the knowing how everyone is in a power structure. People like seeing people that are kick-ass characters just sitting in a room bullshitting for five minutes, like challenging each other. Am I the only one who kind of thinks that's why Game of Thrones was amazing, right? Oh, no, it was the plotting and the backstabbing. Yeah. It was... I wish that could have gone on with this to a certain degree. Yeah, and I don't think I just... built it like that with yeah. this, honestly. It sucks that oh, they didn't, but... But I will say this. The best thing, though, and I'm going to love it, and I got to tell people, you got to watch these two episodes to make sure you know what's going on in Mandalorian Season 3, like my aunt. Um, The one thing I loved was Grogu's swagger, because Luke said he's Mm -hmm. just remembering. That swag walk with that rancor. He's like, like, hey, how you doing? Let's just go to sleep, buddy. Just go to sleep. Hey, it's getting, it's getting late, big guy. 
Let's go. Sun's, sun's getting sun's real low. Going, yeah. Come on. Let's go. And, oh, you know what? You're soft and you're warm. You're actually not too bad. Literally, I'm going to cuddle next that, to you. I'm going to be alone. And I'm like, there's going to be so much fan art and merch of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Daddy's... And Grogu sleeping. Oh. It's going to be all over every con. I'm you, saying it now. Grogu <laughs> with the dog saber riding the Rancor. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I can always see. Oh. Okay, he totally, by the way, Grogu had like huge Yoda energy in that last scene where Mando's flying away and he's tapping the window with the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yeah. like Yoda beating up R2. Yeah, that's great. I didn't catch that. And he's, he's like, like, okay. Hey, I want to go fast. <laughs> All right, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I just got this kid over here just saying, I want to go fast. Okay. I squealed like a little girl, though, with that hug. Yes. I was like, oh my god, I'm so annoyed. Just like the force. He's <laughs> just like, come here. He learned how to force jump just so he <laughs> yeah. could jump into Din's arms. That's my theory. Look at this <laughs> outfit I'm wearing, Dad. I'm wearing your outfit. I'm so He's like, oh and, man, you got the shirt. <gasps> and I want to know so- who dressed him because we yeah. know that he did not put that on himself. So <laughs> is it Ahsoka Luke. or Luke? Who Luke dressed just closed, him? Luke just closed his eyes, lifted Yoda with one, uh, Grogu with one hand, the outfit in the other, and just... <laughs> Kept his eyes closed, he was like, hey, really? Just forced it. Um, but yeah, I I just wish, and also, I think this one thing, and this is why I brought back the Peacemaker, Peacemaker's only nine episodes, this was seven. I think that shows that, I think it should have been nine. If not, yeah. look how much Peacemaker accomplished for a brand new character with, yes, not original IP, but a character nobody's ever heard of. And yeah. it trumped your show. I was looking more forward to Peacemaker every week over this. And that's what makes me mad about this show. Well, really. and that's what I'm looking at with the, how, the way that they're setting up these shows now of like the lengths of the seasons. Right. I feel like Hawkeye was too short. Like, uh, yeah. There was things that were missing. Like I liked the show and everything, but like you were, you're kind of like saying about this where it was, it's not all the way fleshed out. That's how I felt watching Hawkeye where it yeah. was like, I just didn't get enough of the content to where everything matched up. And I felt like Kingpin came in too soon. And that last episode, it almost felt like there should have been an episode in between there. And then they dropped that episode, whatever it was. I it's, agree with you a hundred. Yeah. And so, like, with these shows, it's interesting to see, like, okay, so one's, like, seven episodes, one's eight episodes, one's nine episodes, and we used to get these seasons that were, you know, 12 to 24 episodes, so that really does play into the storytelling, and I don't know if Game of Thrones, I don't know how long the seasons are ten. and stuff, but at 10, ten. so you have, like a little bit more of an established thing over time. But with some of these shorter seasons, like you had more episodes of WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier than you did these things. That's what kind of worries me for uh, Obi-Wan, which May 25th, people. Yeah. May 25th. Uh, That's what worries me because it's like you're introducing Inquisitors. You have to play on the whole Obi-Wan Luke dynamic, the whole Obi-Wan Anakin dynamic. There's too much to go on for six episodes unless they're making them at least an hour apiece. I need 40. I need 44 minutes. Like, and that's not that's not including credit. So when I see 52 minutes, I know I'm getting 44 and I'm okay with that. That's fine. Now, and you're then, probably more versed in this, Mike or Ron, yeah. but you should probably explain why it's May 25th. Oh, it's the because 45th. We're getting yeah. bent that it wasn't May the 4th. 
yeah i like it a lot more because this is the 45th anniversary of a new hope coming out this year and it's so that means 45 years ago was the first time obi-wan was on screen so it actually makes a lot more sense than may the fourth i didn't know about that i'm a bad star wars fan i don't remember exact dates when although i have a t-shirt Mike, we weren't we weren't alive so i don't <laughs> yeah, think no. i'm a like, bad star wars fan because i wasn't born yet yeah. <laughs> oh and the last thing though the last peacemaker thing and now let us go guys i'm sorry trust me my girlfriend's mad too um peacemaker <laughs> james gunn wrote it and i think with him and this is where i think he trumped uh favreau as a showrunner and writing all the scripts i feel like outside of bryce dallas howard and um filoni right yeah yep. These TV directors did not exactly know how to make the best Star Wars, but Robert Rodriguez, I really don't want to see him in Star Wars anymore, like directing it, because James Gunn picks some of the best fucking television directors to do the episodes that he didn't get to do, and it shows. Like, they understand the material. Like, that's why Bryce Dallas Howard, I don't want her to have a movie anymore, Amy. I want her to be like Deborah Chow, give her her own show. I want to I, I want to understand why they let Robert Rodriguez do more than one episode, because with the Mandalorian, it like they had maybe two episodes apiece. But you had a roundtable of really good directors doing that. Why didn't you bring back Rick Fukujima or whatever his name yeah. was? Like, why didn't yeah. you bring back those people or have Filoni do two episodes, you know? Right. And hell, I don't get why Favreau didn't do one, at least a pilot or at least the yeah. first episode. You know, I feel like he made, I don't know, his schedule. He was busy doing Spider-Man. Pandemic stuff. <laughs> I could actually... Well, he wasn't in Spider-Man too much. He was probably he there for like... It. He was in it for like a little bit, but it was probably... Like probably three days. Day, probably like a week's yeah. work. But Just, for him, with like doing all the other shit he's doing, yeah. that kind of is a lot of time. So who knows? Right. But they could have well, brought back some of those other directors that did it. Because I feel like all those... All the guys that did the Mandalorian stuff were solid. Like, why did you screw with the formula? Yeah. <laughs> right. I glad he got Danny Trejo a job. That's all I say. Yes, that too. (laughs) Yeah, for Um, thirty seconds. Well, let's just let's just hope that they learn from these mistakes and they're going forward. Um, I'm still looking forward to this. We still got Andor. It's gonna be nice to take a break from talking about this stuff. We can talk more fun Star Wars stuff. Uh, I want to do a fan film thing. Amy, I I gotta talk to Chuck about this, but we want to do an X Men ranking of all the live action x-men movies so oh, i gotta talk Lordy. to chuck about that from <laughs> top to bottom i know he's busy as hell so that's why no, i, gotta I, talk I to said him. oh lordy because this is an argument that's in our house i i have told him multiple times i would watch x-men if i understood what the fuck was canon and what wasn't oh it I'm doesn't so matter confused anymore right now, now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so of course i want to thank you for coming on to our show amy uh do you want to plug anything before i send to go home Sure. Um, I am a content creator. I do a lot of writing on my website, which is acronymis.com. You can find me on social media at acronymis. And I smoke a lot of weed. So if you're <laughs> into that, come check out my stuff. But uh, beyond that, if you're looking for nerd content, I am constantly tweeting about nerd things on Twitter all the time. Every time there's an episode, whether it's Peacemaker or uh, Book of Boba Fett or anything that's come out, I'm usually talking about all the fandom stuff, retweeting stuff. So if you're interested in seeing all that, find me at Acronym Is. Beautiful. Ron, you got anything you want to plug? Anything you got coming up or no? Nah. <laughs> uh andor season two already got greenlit 
and we haven't even seen one episode (laughs) damn okay well as always you can find us at two guys one lightsaber at facebook.com also be sure to find us on spotify and apple Podcasts at two guys one lightsaber.com uh two guys one lightsaber be sure to leave us that five star rating which is on spotify now too so please do that so we can keep gaining more and more fans and also be sure to email us at gmail.com at two email us if you have any questions or make fun of me for this stupid mess up of our liner i do every week uh be sure you can email us at two guys and one lightsaber at gmail.com and beg for amy to come back on the show because she's clearly clearly better at this than we are i'm your host mike pandoff <laughs> and i'm ron burgess <laughs> take it easy y'all